Thanks for downloading our podcast, Manage Your Money God's Way, presented by Compass Catholic Ministries. We are dedicated to helping you discover smarter ways to manage your money. Now, whether you're in debt or free of debt, we have the resources to help you reach your financial goals and live with a sense of joy and contentment. And that financial goal may be living debt-free, and we'll show you how. There's more information available at compasscatholic.org. My name is Steve Holbrook, and I am joined today, as always, by the co-founders of Compass Catholic Ministries, John and Evelyn Bean. We talk to thousands of people each and every year, and a majority of them will ask the same question. We really want to get our finances in order. How do we do it? To be honest with you, I feel that first step is understanding that God is the owner of everything, and we are his stewards. We are here to take care of all the gifts that he has given us. And that first step is understanding contentment. John and Evelyn, we have talked about contentment for decades, and we felt discussing contentment would be an excellent topic for today. So, John, your meaning of contentment. Well, I think if you're content, it's kind of a, a state of mind, a state of life. You're satisfied with the way things are going. I think there's a difference between contentment and being happy. And that difference is? Well, I think happiness is a temporary high. You know, you see something that, that you would like to have. You're listening to the merchandising on the TV or the, you know, the ads and that kind of stuff. Oh, I would really like to have that. That'll make me happy. You go buy it, but then maybe two days later or three days later, you're thinking, well, this isn't as great as I thought it was going to be. And probably there's something else out there that would, that would make me happy. If that's the kind of life that you're leading where you're looking for stuff, and I emphasize the word stuff, if you're looking for stuff to make you happy, then you're not contentment. Contentment is longer lasting. There's a deeper feeling of satisfaction, of gratitude, maybe for spiritual blessings or people or relationships. So, you know, I was reading, um, and it said that contentment was good, and scientific evidence suggests that being content or being satisfied has major benefits for your health. In the first place, it promotes a healthy lifestyle. It also helps you combat stress. It can boost your immune system. It protects your heart and reduces pain. So contentment from a physical standpoint is really good because it may even help increase your life expectancy. What would happen if doctors could write a prescription for contentment? <laughs> <laughs> little, little happy pills. But you know, Ethel, I buy into that because there's no stress anymore as far as you're not in competition with your neighbors, your friends, your family to have the biggest, the better, the, the latest gadgets. So I can see a reduction in, in the stress when you become content. And it's the same thing in your career. I mean, for myself, I had aspirations of working in Chicago, New York, but, you know, when I arrived in Orlando, I was satisfied here. I loved the environment. We made some great friends. The kids and my wife loved it. So there was really no need to move on to work in bigger markets. You know, sometimes I think people miss what's happening in their life day to day because they're always after that next thing that's going to make them content or happy. And they never are really satisfied with where they are because they're always achieving that next step in whatever mouse wheel or rat wheel they're on. You know, what's that little thing? The hamster wheel. The hamster wheel. Yeah, right. where they just run around in circles and mm -hmm. you don't really ever get anywhere because you're always looking for the next best thing and you're always in this circle without ever enjoying the current state of life. Contentment is important uh, because it's going to help us to 
accomplish our own goals in life, to achieve our personal amb- ambitions. Uh, I think that some people will hear us say, well, I'm content. And they say, well, you're not interested in, in getting better, in, in moving to the next level, moving forward, moving up, whatever the terminology is. Well, contentment and- is different than being lazy, though. Yes, yeah, and I, I think that's the point that I'm trying to get to is just because you're content doesn't mean that you're lazy and you're going to just not do anything. I think that's an important definition or, or justification. Or That word is complacent. You're not complacent, right. yes, yeah, but you can be not complacent and still be content. So what is your definition of contentment? I like, you know, you used the term just a minute ago of satisfaction. If I'm satisfied with what I've got, the way things are going, the things that I'm doing, the plans that I have, I think that then I am content. I'm not looking to go buy stuff to um, make me happy or to do stuff just to, to be happy to change things. What's your definition of contentment, Steve? I use one word to sum up contentment, and that's satisfaction. Finally, when I realized the power of being content, both in my career and, of course, financially, things got so much better. I found out that I really didn't need to go to Chicago or New York to succeed in my career. I made sure I wasn't complacent. I was always looking for new challenges uh, so I can do better. I can always improve. And I'm, I'm glad we didn't make that move. We're glad, right we're glad you didn't. Yeah. We would have missed a good friendship if you'd gone to New York instead of staying here in Podunk Town. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have had this kind of tan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've seen stories in the papers over, over the years uh, about people who uh, have experienced major catastrophes, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, you know, you name it. Fires. Fires, yeah. The basic conversation or the basic thing that they have to say when the reporter is talking to them is despite having nothing, I'm happy. I'm content. All this stuff was just exactly that stuff. It doesn't mean anything deeply in my life. I'm alive. My family's alive. We're safe. Those are the important things. I I think that's that's an important aspect of contentment, that people who feel content understand that. People who don't feel content, I think, have a, a struggle with that kind of a concept. They would be bemoaning the loss of all their stuff, which I think is a big blow. I mean, if you lose your house and you have no place to live and nothing to your name, that is a huge impact. But you can still be content with the fact that God's given you your life and you can start over. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, contentment is mentioned in the Bible. Of course, it varies by translation. I understand that. So if you count nine and I only count seven, that's fine. But basically, contentment is mentioned in the Bible seven times. But six of those times have to do with money and possessions. And just think about that. It, it's, you know, contentment is in pretty short in our country, in our culture, and it's because the advertising industry really works overtime trying to create discontentment in our lives. And the sad thing is we fall for that. Every time. That we fall for that false image every time. Yeah. So I want to become content. What do you tell someone who's listening? What path do I need to get on 
in order to find myself satisfied with, with what I have and not get into competition with the guy next door with a new car or my got friend at work who's got the latest phone. What path do I take? Well, the first thing is nobody's going to listen to you if you try to convince them verbally that they should be content because people are going to learn much more from how you act than what you say. So being an example to somebody means you're not into the iPhone 37 mm-hmm. or the um, the newest car or you won't stand in line for three days because a new movie's coming out and your kid has to be the first one to see the new movie. What do you think, John? I absolutely. I think... I think you can talk about contentment like we're talking about it now. And people who are content will fully understand what you're saying. And people who are not content are going to think you're just absolutely berserk. Because they're so focused on that next thing that's going to make them happy. Being content is a state of mind. It's a lifestyle. I don't need stuff to make me happy. I'm happy with what I have. If a person is not content with what they have, getting something new is not going to change it. So the heated fog-free mirror that I can put in my shower for $120 isn't really a good buy. It's not. It might make you happy for a week, but it's not going to make you content. Just like the, the article we were reading over the weekend about the... Uh, Oh, the $17,000 toilet. Yeah, yeah. The mm. do-everything toilet. <laughs> For $17,000, I think you should be able to drive the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but for those considering, I, I, love the, I love what I'm hearing. And I would love to become that person that is content. It's not an overnight thing, right? You just don't turn a switch and bam, I'm content. You have to really work at it. And you've got to be serious that you want to do this. You don't want to get into the rut of buying everything that comes down the line. You're absolutely correct, Steve. And I think the the biggest part of understanding contentment is knowing that you don't own any of the stuff that you have. All the possessions that you have, you don't own them. Now, there's a a paradigm shifter. I just heard (laughs) a bunch of brains go squeal. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean we don't own anything? Well, everything that you have is a blessing from God. He has bestowed so many blessings on us. He is the owner. You know, you can find it so many times in the Bible. God created the world. He owns the world. He owns all the silver and the gold, and you can go on and on and on. We are stewards. That is our job. That is our role to play, to be a steward, to be able to manage all of the things that we've been blessed with that are actually owned by God. You know, I think that's a hard uh, concept until you actually sit back and think about what are you going to take with you when you die? And the answer is... Nada. Nothing. All the stuff that... I mean, if you've ever dealt with your parents' estate, you'll know what we're talking about because there's all this stuff they collected over the years and you don't want it anymore. It doesn't do anything for anybody. So all the stuff we collect just is trash when when we're not here anymore. I mean, there may be some valuable things in there, but nobody wants your junk. There's a reason why hearses don't have trailer hitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Evelyn. And you're, you're, you're talking about that and, and funerals and stuff. It reminds me of a joke. About the guy who wanted to take everything with, I want to take all my money with me when I die. 
and he got his wife to agree that he could do that and so he died and at the funeral right before they closed the casket she walked up and put uh, something in the in the casket and they closed the casket and her lady friend knew about this promise and uh, after the funeral was over she said you didn't give him all the money she said i absolutely did i wrote him a check Oh, wait, John, I think we need a rim shot after that attempt at a joke. There it is. For me, understanding that God owns everything was the turning point. I heard the words dozens of times, but it wasn't until I really thought about their meaning did I begin to understand the impact contentment would have on my life, both financially and personally. So think about the words, God owns everything. We are stewards or managers of the gifts that he has given us. This is Manage Your Money God's Way. We are from Compass Catholic Ministries. And if you're ready to be content, let us help. Check out our Bible study, Faith and Money Matters. You can read more, take a sneak preview of the Bible study at compasscatholic.org. So Evelyn, let's pick up on the discussion and start with discontentment. You know, all too often when we're discontent, we buy things we don't really need and things that will never really satisfy us. And we use debt to buy those things because it's just something we can't pass up. You know, maybe it's something as useless as what we mentioned before the break, or maybe it's something big that's easy to justify, like a new car or the uh, everlasting phone that comes out with a new version every other month. Yeah, any anytime you're buying anything, okay, in order to try to be happy uh, so that you can keep up with your neighbors or, you know, whatever reason you have to justify your spending, it's not going to make you happy for more than a couple of days. Even if you spend tons of money on a brand new car, you've never seen that car at a stoplight before. You think, man, I've got, I've got the one and only. And on the way home, you see three of them at three different stoplights. And they're different colors than yours, and you like the new colors better. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. You know, if you're not content with what you have, you'll never be content with what you want. The advertisers, the merchandisers, they're always trying to help us through that door of discontentment. If I'm discontent with what I've got, then this will help me to be content. This will help me to be happy. It's not going to happen. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, I have learned to be content in whatever my circumstances. I know how to get along in humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul learned, as great of an apostle as Paul was, he had to learn to be content. It wasn't something that was just instinctive. And we must learn it also. So I think the place where you can start learning how to be content is to start with a grateful heart for what you already have. Because we take our stuff for granted and we really don't pay attention to the wealth that we're blessed with. You know, here in America, we live in one of the richest countries that ever existed. Even if you're just barely making ends meet, you're still among the richest people on earth compared to the standard of living in most other countries. And if we could just all take time to be grateful for what God's already given us, it would make a big shift in our attitude toward contentment. Yeah, the second part of this is 
God knows, as you said, Evelyn, what we need. He loves us completely, and he knows what's best for us, whether it's a lot or a little, and we should be content with that. So if you struggle with being content, maybe a good thing for you to do would be to meditate on Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Pray for the Lord to help you to become content and ask him to help you make uh, wise spending decisions. You know, the secret of being content is knowing what God wants us to do in our lives, in our families, for our jobs, in our financial situations. And once you have done everything that you can do, you can be content. You know, that contentment is, if you don't experience it, if you don't have it, I don't think you can realize the blessing of being content. Because everything around us just keeps us on that hamster wheel that keeps going around and around and around. But once we learn that virtue of contentment, it just really changes everything. And I think you've experienced that, haven't you, John? Well, I had a lot of trouble with contentment until I realized that God only wants the best for me. And he's going to give me exactly what's best for me at any point in time. And he's going to use all the circumstances that I get myself into for my own good. And you know, I had to learn to trust his just judgment. And once I uh, accepted that, um, then I uh, was able to learn to be content with what I have and with what was happening in my life. And that was a hard lesson for you, wasn't it? It was, because I thought I was in control. Ah, uh, there's, there's something that makes God... That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're feeling like if only you had more money, then you'd finally be happy and satisfied and content, it's never going to happen. Because as John said earlier, if you're not content with what you have today, you're never going to be content when you get that bigger house or the newer car or earn more money. So please understand what we're saying. It's not that you shouldn't try to improve yourself. You should. But as stewards of God's blessings and the talents that we've been given, we should always seek to improve our circumstances. But improving our circumstances doesn't mean that we need to be accumulating things and and buying stuff to make us happy. That's not what it's about. Buying things is not bad, but a never-ending quest for more and more stuff can be really dangerous spiritually. You know, 1 Timothy 6.8 says, if we have food and clothing, we shall be content with that. And verse 9 goes on to say, those who want to be rich are following into a temptation and into a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires which plunge them into ruin and destruction. And I think the key verse is verse 10, because it warns us why wanting to get rich is so harmful. And it reads, for the love of money is the root of all evils. And some people in their desire for it have strayed from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pains. So it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And a lot of times we're not content. It's because we love money. We love stuff. We love all the things it can buy. We love keeping up with our neighbors, our family, our friends. Even the poorest people can be content. You know, while all the money in the world doesn't make you content at all. So nothing in this world can fill the God-shaped hole in your heart. There's a quote from Blaise Pascual, who was a brilliant scientist, and he said, there is a, 
a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the Creator, made known through Jesus. You have to learn how to trust the Lord to provide you with exactly how much he knows is best for you at any given time. And that's that's the first step in contentment, trusting the Lord, being grateful for what you do have. As St. Paul said, he had to learn the secret of contentment because we're not born with it. To learn, it would be surrounding yourself with individuals that you find are content, that they're not always out there seeking the latest the greatest. That's definitely part of it. Part of it is developing an attitude of gratitude, looking around and, and starting every day with a prayer or maybe ending every day with a prayer of thanksgiving for what you experienced or had that day. I think you could start end end. <laughs> Probably. Probably <right. laughs> because we don't pray in no. gratitude enough at all. So Steve, going back to what you said, I think that it's extremely important for anybody who is trying to get control of their lives, to get control of their finances, to learn to be content. They should be seeking out, surrounding themselves with people who exhibit all of those qualities that they would like to have in themselves. In other words, if you're if you're really looking to be content, Find somebody whose lifestyle shows you that they are content. If you want to be around people or you want to have control of your finances, you want to live within your means, don't go out and make friends with people who are spending and splurging and and buying everything that they see. Surround yourself with people who are on a budget, who are managing their budget, who spend less than they make, and... Um, who are doing a good job of managing their life. I think if you surround your people, yourself, with the people that you would like to be like, you will, over time, just naturally absorb all of those qualities that you like in what you see. And the opposite is also true. If you're surrounding yourself with people that are overspenders, that waste money, that buy everything that comes along that's new and shiny, and you'll start to pick up those trans or those um, traits. Char- yeah, characteristics. Traits too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll yeah. you'll want to get into that overspending cycle. Yeah, there's 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 no question at all. I think that's an ex- you know people overlook that, but I think that that is an extremely valuable tool that they can use to turn their lives around. You know, I think it's the same as if you have addictions, you know, you don't want to, if you have an addiction, you don't want to be around other people who have the same kinds of addictions who aren't in control of it, uh, because they're going to drag you under with them. And I think the same thing happens with contentment, with finances, wherever you want to go. Well, I think the most important place to go there is with faith. Yes. I think if you're really wanting to get closer to Jesus, to get closer to God, then you un- uh, you need to surround yourself with people who are on that same path of growing spiritually, because that's going to help you, and that'll help you help them. Absolutely, absolutely. I've I've got a little bit of a thing here, kind of Jeff Foxworthy style. You know, if you've ever wished you could keep up with the Joneses, you just might have a contentment problem. 
Or if you've ever caught yourself thinking, God hasn't blessed you with enough stuff, you just might have a contentment problem. If you've ever thought you would be happy, if you just had a little bit more money, you just might have a contentment problem. And if you're in debt from buying things in order to be happy, you just might have a contentment problem. So the key to being content has nothing to do with how much stuff you have, how much money you have, how new your stuff is. It's all about understanding God's will for your life, being happy with where you are, and being very grateful for every single thing that God's given you, including all those non-material things in your life, like friends, family, neighbors. Amen? Amen. Very true, Evelyn. Be happy with where you are and with what you have. True contentment. And before we leave you today, let's answer a couple of emails that came in this week. John and Evelyn, we recently sold our vacation home at quite a profit. My husband is already retired and I am within a few years of retirement. After tithing and paying off the house we live in, what should we do with the rest of the money? Wow, that's great that you were able to sell your second home at a nice profit. Congratulations. First, you should check with your tax preparer to find out what kind of capital gains that you're going to have to have and set that money aside in a money market fund so you'll have it available when it comes time to pay taxes. And then I would suggest taking a look at the Compass Money Map. You can download it on the compasscatholic.org website and it's free. Um, take a look at it and complete any of the destinations remaining on your journey to true financial freedom. For example, if you have any consumer debt, pay it off. You want to keep your cost of living as low as possible as you go into your retirement years. John and Evelyn, thank you as always. If you have a question or two for John and Evelyn, maybe you have a financial challenge that you are facing and you'd like to get their thoughts, their opinion, by all means, email them your questions to askask at compasscatholic.org. Also want to remind you about the brand new YouTube channel that we had called Compass Catholic. Check it out. It's a new weekly video series called Catholic Stewardship in Real Life, hosted by Caitlin Kano. Again, youtube.com, search for Compass Catholic. For John and Evelyn Bean, thank you so much for taking the time to download our podcast. And remember, we have a brand new podcast for you each and every Wednesday morning. Simply go to compasscatholic.org, scroll down to the homepage, click on the button that says podcast. This is Manage Your Money God's Way, and we are from Compass Catholic Ministries. Mm -hmm.